welcome to Stargaze, the Queer Astrology Archives podcast, where we examine the lives of important queer artists, activists, and thinkers through the lens of their astrological birth chart. My name is Ellie, and I'll be your host. In each episode, we will focus on one individual and overlay their natal chart on their biography to draw connections between their life experiences and astrological influences. In today's episode, we're going to do something a little different, though, and look at a specific event in queer history. I originally wanted to do this event because I thought it might be a little easier to focus on one moment in time rather than someone's whole life, but it ended up being a much bigger project than I expected, and I'm actually going to be splitting this episode up into two parts. Um, Before we get started, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has listened to the first two episodes. I really love doing this, and it's so cool to get to share what I'm learning with you all. If you are enjoying the show, please subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, give it a rating, and tell your gay friends. Okay, let's talk about astrology. Someone had thrown coffee in his face, and there was tables turned over. Compton's erupted. People started throwing everything they could get their hands on at the police. All of the sugar shakers went through the windows and the glass doors. I think I put a sugar shaker through one of those windows. The hustlers kicked the police and punched them, and the drag queens beat them with their heavy purses. The cops retreated outside to call for backup, but cafeteria customers, maybe 60 in all, poured into the streets through the broken doors and windows and kept fighting as the paddy wagons pulled up. Everybody knows about Stonewall, but before Stonewall, there were a few other instances of radical action in response to police violence. One of those was the Compton Cafeteria Riots, which took place in San Francisco in August of 1966. Historian Susan Stryker called Compton's the transgender community's debut on the stage of American political history. It was the first known instance of collective militant queer resistance to police harassment in United States history. But up until relatively recently, it was completely forgotten. It was only in the early 2000s that Stryker found reference to it in a gay pride parade pamphlet from the 70s and started scouring the archives to find more about this event. What she learned is collected in a documentary called Screaming Queens. In the film, she interviews Tamara Ching, Amanda St. James, Alicia Brevard, Reverend Ed Hansen, Suzanne Cook, Felicia Elizondo, and um, Elliot Blackstone. And in today's episode, we are going to use the stories she collected in Screaming Queens to set the stage for the Compton Cafeteria riots and then talk about what was happening in the stars. Jean Compton's was a 24-hour diner in the Tenderloin District of San Francisco. The Tenderloin was an area populated by queer people, trans people, and other marginalized people. Longtime resident Amanda St. James said, Turk Street in the Tenderloin was our street, and the buildings that were on it, the hotels, that's where we lived. That was our home. We had no other place to go. Other hotels wouldn't rent to Queens. While San Francisco generally was one of the places that gay people came to seek refuge. The Tenderloin specifically was known as the area for drag queens and trans people. Queer and trans people lived in the hotels that lined Turk Street and many hustled on those streets as well because at that time they couldn't get work elsewhere. Compton's was a well-established local restaurant chain and the Tenderloin location was on the corner of Turk Street and Taylor. It was a place where people came to gather because it was open all night and prices were inexpensive. 
people would stay and hang out for hours. It was the place people would go after the other bars had closed and check in after a night of work to make sure that everyone was safe. Compton's was described by several trans women as being like a fairyland or like the Wizard of Oz. Compton's was the place to be. The night manager there was an older gay man who sympathized with the queer youth and allowed them to hang out there. But of course, Compton's wasn't actually a safe space, and it was possible at that time to be arrested for sex work or for female impersonation, um, even wearing any clothing that was for the, quote, opposite gender. Police regularly raided Compton's and the streets of the Tenderloin. Tamara Ching recalls nights when police would come in and just point to several people like, you, 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 come with us. The raids became more common in the mid-1960s, leading to the Compton Cafeteria Riots in August of 1966. Susan Stryker points to a confluence of factors that led to the riots. Increasing involvement by the U.S. military in Vietnam meant that there were soldiers and sailors coming in and out of the Tenderloin, which meant an increase in street hustling and, in turn, an increase in criminalization of the trans women and drag queens who were doing that work. At the same time, urban developers were flipping houses in the neighborhoods around the Tenderloin, pushing people out and forcing more and more people to seek what affordable housing was left in the Tenderloin. For the trans women and queer youth who already struggled to find stable housing, this created even more precarity. At the same time, Dr. Harry Benjamin, an endocrinologist and sexologist who was one of the leading medical professionals for trans medical care at the time, published a book called The Transsexual Phenomenon in January of 1966. He had an office in San Francisco and began prescribing hormones and offering what was known then as sex reassignment surgery. The proliferation of the concept of transsexuality as opposed to transvestism and drag, in addition to access to hormones and surgery, changed what felt possible for the trans women of the Tenderloin. There was a sense of hope and excitement that accompanied the expanded access to medical care. Out of the changing landscape of the Tenderloin, a gay liberation youth group called the Vanguard began meeting. The Vanguard was made up of many of the drag queens, trans women, and homeless gay youth who also frequented Compton's. Jennifer Worley, in an essay in the book Captive Genders, wrote that the Vanguard was an extremely active and organized group whose position as street-based sex workers produced a profound and deeply radical movement in resistance not only to the unequal treatment of sexual minorities before the law, but also to economic forces and state-sponsored violence that served to marginalize and oppress gay and transgender youth. Vanguard's foregrounding of the issues facing gay and transgender youth in the 1960s produced radical insights into the connections between economic class, police violence, incarceration, and homophobia. Although the group grew out of the Glide Memorial Church, a radical offshoot of the Methodist Church that had been committed to social activism for many years, the Vanguard would often hold meetings at Compton's cafeteria. After the night manager died, Compton's hired a new manager who promptly brought in private security that would kick the youth who had found refuge at Compton's out for staying too long or not spending enough money. In response to this and to police harassment of the trans community, the Vanguard picketed Compton's on July 18, 1966. The Vanguard's advisor, Reverend Ed Hansen, describes the picket. Last Monday night and also Wednesday night, the Tenderloin kids of the organization called Vanguard picketed Compton's restaurant on the corner of Taylor and Turk in the middle of the Tenderloin. We had between 30 and 50 pickets there each night from 10 p.m. to midnight. 
we also got radio and TV coverage of our picket. Anytime you get young people, some of whom are pillheads, prostitutes, or homosexuals picketing somewhere, you are bound to get news coverage. The kids were protesting the unkind treatment they received from the management of Compton's and also the harassment given them by the Pinkerton guard that Compton's has working there. But this picket is only a precursor. The riots themselves took place several weeks later on a hot weekend night in August of 1966. The exact night is lost to history as no newspapers covered the event and the police records no longer exist, which is a problem for the astrology, which we will return to in a moment. But Susan Stryker said, the picket lit the fuse that led directly to the riot. The riots started when police were called by a Compton's worker because of raucous patrons. When the police arrived and started to grab people, one trans woman threw her coffee in a, a police officer's face. By all accounts, it seems that following this moment, there was an instantaneous eruption from other patrons, throwing sugar and salt shakers, tables, and dinnerware at the police. They shattered windows, hit police with purses that were weighted and high heels, damaged the police car, and burned down a sidewalk newsstand. The next day, more people showed up to picket Compton's because they had banned drag queens entirely, and Compton's newly installed glass windows were once again smashed. Following the riots, Compton's began closing at midnight, and their business waned until they closed in 1972. The Compton Cafeteria riots are commonly thought to be the first violent collective protest against queer and trans harassment. The Vanguard continued meeting. They went on to do more protests against street sweeping of sex workers and published a magazine that helped to develop the radical political consciousness of the Tenderloin. In the early 1970s, the Vanguard merged with a group of young lesbians called the Street Orphans to form the San Francisco Gay Liberation Front. Okay, let's talk about the astrology. So obviously we have a problem given that we don't have an exact date for the riots. Thankfully, we have July 18th for the Vanguard picket, and we will look at that astrology. But for the riots, we have the full month of August 1966, and the only other info is that it was a hot weekend night. I think what I want to do is just talk through the general astrology of August 1966 and look at how the riots were the product of some of the bigger astrology um, configurations. And because we are going to look at a whole month's worth of astrology, I'm going to separate that out into another episode and just talk about the astrology of the picket on July 18th today, because I think that will allow us to really give the events the proper attention that they deserve. I did do some investigation, and I think that I narrowed down the possible dates for the Compton Cafeteria riots, but we will return to that in the next episode. So for the July 18th picket, um, I have a chart that is set for July 18th, 1966 at 10 p.m. Um, in San Francisco, California, and I will include a link to that chart in the show notes. So in this chart, the sun is in Cancer, the moon is in Leo, Mercury is retrograde in Leo, Venus is in Gemini, Mars is in Leo, Jupiter is in Leo, and Saturn is in Pisces. Some other important placements are that Chiron is in Pisces and Uranus and Pluto are in Virgo. So I want to set the stage for this astrology by first talking about the outer planet cycle of Uranus and Pluto. 
I wouldn't usually spend a lot of time with the outer planets in a natal chart, but for mundane astrology or world events, outer planets, uh, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto can be helpful for understanding the atmosphere of the times. The classic book on these cycles is um, Rick Tarnas's Cosmos and Psyche. So in this chart, we have Uranus and Pluto and Virgo in a conjunction at 16 degrees. Now, because these planets are so slow moving, they were in a more or less exact conjunction for the entirety of 1965 and 1966, and their conjunction more broadly defines the energy of the 1960s. To understand the collective energy, we need to look at Uranus and Pluto separately and then together. And I'm going to let Tarnus do that for us. So Tarnus describes Uranus as the principle of change, rebellion, freedom, liberation, reform, and revolution, and the unexpected breakup of structures with sudden surprises, revelations, and awakenings. Lightning-like flashes of insight, acceleration of thoughts, and events with births and new beginnings of all kinds. And with intellectual brilliance, cultural innovation, technological invention, experiment, creativity, and originality. Pluto, he describes as the principle of elemental power, depth, and intensity, that which compels, empowers, and intensifies whatever it touches, sometimes to overwhelming and catastrophic extremes. The primordial instincts, libidinal and aggressive, destructive and regenerative, volcanic and cathartic, eliminative, transformative, ever-evolving, birth, sex, and death, the cycle of death and rebirth, upheaval, breakdown, decay, and fertilization, violent purgatorial discharge of pent-up energies, purifying fire. And then if we bring the meanings of the two of them together, he says that this combination brings widespread radical social and political change and often destructive upheaval, massive empowerment of revolutionary and rebellious impulses, and intensified artistic and intellectual creativity. Other distinctive themes of these Uranus-Pluto periods included unusually rapid technological advance, an underlying spirit of restless experiment, drive for innovation, urge for freedom in many realms, revolt against oppression, embrace of radical political philosophies, and intensified collective will to bring forth a new world. These impulses and events were typically mixed with massive demographic shifts and a general ambiance of fervent, often violent intensity combined with the excitement of moving rapidly towards new horizons. And I think it's pretty easy to see how the Vanguard picket and the Compton riots were particularly charged moments that punctuated the larger cycle of radical social and political upheaval. These were moments where there was a collective push for change and a greater sense of empowerment around revolutionary and rebellious impulses. I also think that the advancements of trans healthcare at this time with Dr. Harry Benjamin's work are also indicative of the Uranus-Pluto conjunction in terms of being unusually rapid technological advances and a drive for innovation, which in turn led the trans women of the Tenderloin um, to feeling a sense of empowerment and a sense that there was a new world and new possibilities that had not existed for them priorly. Now, for the July 18th Vanguard picket, that Uranus-Pluto conjunction was pretty exact, and it was being activated by Jupiter, which was at 16 degrees of Cancer in an exact sextile to Uranus and Pluto. 
Jupiter as the planet of growth and expansion is highlighting that Uranus-Pluto conjunction and putting a little exclamation point on it. It is causing the Uranus and Pluto themes to grow and expand. I was talking with some friends the other day about how a sextile feels like a gentle hand on your back for encouragement. And with Jupiter in this position, the radical fervor is given a little assist or a confidence boost, and that manifests in the form of this picket. Zooming in from the macro scale, the picket takes place the evening after a new moon in Cancer, which was at 9.30 p.m. on July 17th, 1966, and that is Pacific Standard Time. New moons are the beginnings of cycles and often seen as seeding moments, and as Susan Stryker described, this picket was the spark that lit the fuse that would become the full riots. And we spent a lot of time in the last episode talking about cancer as the sign of the building and protecting bonds that feel familial. And with this new moon in Cancer, co-present with Jupiter and Mars, there's this sense of these people are our chosen family and Compton's was our home, and we need to defend our place here. With Mars, the planet of action and aggression there, I think we can see the frustration at being thrown out turned into action. But because it's in Cancer, which is the sign of Mars's fall, that action isn't direct and violent, but is instead uh, picketing outside of Compton's. I am thinking about how crabs walk sideways and how at picketing protests, um, particularly in that time period, it seems people would often walk in a circle in front of the place they are picketing. And I'm just thinking about this similarity of not direct forward motion. I think Mars in Cancer is much more of a defensive, protective position. So they're not going out and attacking, but defending their place and protecting their people. There's a couple of other interesting things happening in this chart. One is that the moon is at 10 degrees of Leo, exactly conjunct Mercury, which is retrograde. So if the new moon is the seed that will germinate into the Compton riots, the moon in Leo is slowly gaining light and that seed is growing and the first thing that it touches is Mercury. And the moon is related to the material and physical realm, and so the moon is highlighting and bringing down to Earth, to the material and physical, um, Mercury, the messenger, which is giving a voice to the vanguard protesters. Which is interesting because as uh, Reverend Ed Hansen notes, the protests were reported in the newspaper, and he said, you know, any time that you know, people like us do these protests, of course the news is going to show up, which is weird because the riots a few weeks later were not reported on by the newspaper. So I wonder if we can see Mercury as the planet of communication in a position both to lend the picketers a microphone, but also um, in a position to bring the press to the event, which effectively amplified that microphone. Another interesting piece is Chiron, which is at 26 degrees of Pisces, square to Venus at 27 degrees of Gemini, and trine to the Sun at 26 degrees of Cancer. Chiron is the wounded healer. It signifies these deep core wounds. I think being in a square to Venus, it is an indication of the wound as being relational. You know, the Vanguard members had a relationship with the old night manager, and now that he's gone, they are being put out. 
and Venus being related to desire, sexuality, and gender. These people are being um, put out of Compton's because of their sexuality and gender. And so I think that's highlighting this wound around having a relationship to sexuality and gender that is not the norm and being punished for that. And I think that the trine to the sun highlights the ego and the individual. Again, they were being thrown out for their identities. So we can see how on July 18th, the larger scale Uranus-Pluto conjunction is being activated by Jupiter, and the new moon indicates the start of the cycle that will lead to the riots. The moon and Mercury coming together allow the picketers to have a voice, and Chiron's presence indicates that these protests are about something that is not surface level. These wounds go deep and indicate something real and a problem that won't go away. This is a core wound that will need to keep being dealt with over and over, um, which, you know, the picket on July 18th did not solve the issue um, and led to the riots. And, you know, this is three years before Stonewall, which is a similar situation and, you know, many more instances of police violence and discrimination um, against queer and trans people, and particularly trans women, and particularly trans women of color and sex workers, you know, like that is still a problem today. So this is not a wound that is healed. This is an ongoing core wound. Okay, I know this is a bit of a cliffhanger of an ending, but there's a lot of astrology that happened in August of 1966, and I want to have the time and space to really dig through that and not just throw a bunch of words at you. Um, so we are going to return to that in the next episode. In the meantime, thank you again for listening. Please uh, subscribe, rate, review, share, um, all of those things. And you can find me on social media on Instagram. It's Ellie Higgins Astro and Twitter is EH Astrology. All right. I'll see y'all next time. Bye.